Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Fifth Monday. Fun day. Fun day. We get to kind of do what we want. And I think we got a fun one today. I know. I'm actually really excited about it. When we first talked about it, I was like, oh yeah, that'd be good. And then as I've like thought more about it, I'm like, yeah. ooh, this one, not this one. So many ideas. So okay. tell it. What are okay. we talking about today? So we are going to talk about books we've read as read-alouds with our kids. Yay! So And recommend to you what maybe you should be reading with your kids. So fun. I love reading around out loud with my kids. And I think you're kind of in the same boat as I'm me. My kids are older it. and we still do it. I still do it. I still do it. I. It's like I look at it as an opportunity that I get to choose a book that I kind of like character building or lessons learned, or I kind of look at what they're going through. And then I research books that they don't want to listen to mom. But in a roundabout way, they can maybe learn a little or hopefully connect with a book that I have chosen to help in that aspect of their life. Totally. So for me, it's like your kids are big readers already on their own. mm -hmm. You know, so that's that's already, I think, embedded in them. My kids are a little different. You know, they're not big readers, which I don't know how that happened because yeah. I could read all day, every day. But I don't have one that loves to read. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I'm not – I haven't given up yet. But um, they they really do take encouraging. And I get a lot of groaning. I don't know how everyone – of our listeners' experience with their kids reading is, but lots of groaning, lots of complaining. We're always looking for a book that they're interested in so that we can maybe spark this fire of reading. Um, so what I use the out loud reading for is, you know, they don't have to worry about the struggle of doing the reading because sometimes that's mm-hmm. the a part of why they don't want to do it is because – you know, it's taxing. Yes. Yeah. It takes a lot. It of takes the joy out of it, maybe. Yes. And sometimes there's so much focus on just saying the words right that the comprehension of the story maybe gets lost mm-hmm. or things like that. So it allows for them to connect to a book without having to worry about saying the right words or, right. you know, they just get to hear the story. They just get to enjoy it. Right. And it's such a bonding time. I love it. And my hope is that when they grow up and they move out and they're older, that that is a memorable family time spent together. Yeah. That we used to sit and read with my mom or my dad. Yeah. And that, you know, I just, I hope that that's what they take from it is I that that's our calm time right? of the day. And it's like, and that they have... At least one experience that's good with reading. Yeah. It's not forced. I don't make my kids stay. I actually read almost every night before bed. I don't make them stay. So if they choose to go to bed yeah. or if they choose to go down and read, they can. The Leave. only reason they can stay up is if they're reading on their own. And that's fine. You yeah. can go down and read your own book. Um, but I would say 90% of the time they they're choose to stay and listen. And for me, so out of my three kids, my oldest does not choose to stay and listen with us. It frustrates him that we don't just finish a book every night. Uh, He's a very fast reader, and he doesn't want to wait till the next day for the next part. That really uh, irritates him. So in the past, he would then sneak upstairs and grab the book and take it down to his room and finish it that night. And I didn't know that was happening. So he would be like, oh, it would be funny if this happened. And I started like 
how what? how do you know that that would happen and then later found out and it just he just can't do it yeah he wants to read at his speed and i go much slower sure when you're reading so, out loud it yeah, is it's frustrating to him so he doesn't read with us anymore but the other two love it still and they'll even be like are we reading tonight yeah they're asking for it they love it That's so my kids and too. they're 14 and almost 12 so there, you, there go. you go. They still love to be read to. I want to be read to. I do too. So I am read to. I listen to audiobooks. I listen, exactly, exactly. And it's my favorite. I love it. So so fun. So today we're going to talk about thing, some memorable books we've used as read-alouds with our kids. I love it. And I think these books would, I mean, you have more kids in various ages. Mm-hmm. Mine are all two years apart. But I'd say I've been reading chapter books aloud to them since they were very, very little. So when we yes. talk age appropriateness... I am of the mindset of they'll get out of it what they get out of it. Yeah. And they might be too young and not get the whole thing out of it. Yeah. But they're enjoying sitting with mom reading Mm -hmm. and having that time together. And so, yeah, maybe. I started doing this chapter books. Mm -hmm. I started reading chapter books when Reagan, my oldest, who is now 14, was in first grade. Yeah. Like, a chapter book for a first grader, you know, the they Magic Treehouse. Yeah, but even those, I was reading. You were reading bigger books, bigger books, but it wasn't. So it wasn't ones that she herself would have read. Yeah, I wasn't reading sixth grade level books, but I right. was reading a more advanced book because I kind of was trying to encourage that. Yeah, like, oh, I know that you have to read a very simple because they have to keep the reading level simple. But they don't have to, you don't have to worry about reading level, but maybe storyline was yeah. on her age. Right. But the level was, the level was more too difficult. Yeah. yeah. We started, I think Bennett was in kindergarten when we started Magic Treehouse. And then, but that meant that Carter was three and Ava was one and they started Magic Treehouse then. When yeah, we there read you at go. Night. And then it just grew from there, moving mm-hmm. on up with, you know. Yeah. What it was. But I love not it so that much. I didn't read picture books with them too. I did that too. Always picture Always. books. I love that. That never gets book. old. But I still love picture books. Yeah. Me too. They're the best. I love being I like all books, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me a book with print. Even give words. me a cute board book. Like uh, they're so There fun. are some really cute board books. We should do an episode on that. Our favorite board books. Oh my books goodness, too. I have some really good ones. Yeah. I have some of our faves too. So Okay. So today chapter books that we've read. Juvenile fiction, for the most part, some yeah. young adult, maybe, yeah, but mostly juvenile fiction. Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I don't care. Okay, you go for it. Okay, so my first one I want to talk about is called "Rules" by Cynthia Lord. Okay, this one is so so good. My kids, this this has led to conversations. We read it a couple of years ago conversations still come up and we reference this book. It was very impactful. Um, it was a Newbery honor book. Um, okay. And I don't even know when it came out. We read it a couple of years ago, 2006. So um, it's quite a bit older. Okay. It is about a girl, um, Christine, Christina, Catherine. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Close. Catherine and she's 12 years old. So kind of this coming of age. She's figuring out who she is and um, body changes and growing up and I'm not a little girl anymore. So all of that. Okay. Plus she has a brother, David, who is autistic and she is helping her brother in life um, dealing with autism and 
all the things that come with it by helping. He has a book of rules and she helps him and they add these rules to the book. Very things that seem simple to you or I that you don't take your pants off in public. You keep your pants on. Yes. Um, That does seem like common sense. Some common sense things that aren't so much to him. And he, um, every little thing he has to have a rule for because he just doesn't pick up on those social, social that social awareness is not there. So this book of rules is quite thick and she's helped him with it and, okay. and always has. And even though it gets frustrating, it's her brother and she helps like rules of everything. Everything has a rule as she's growing up. This is becoming more and more frustrating that it's embarrassing to be in public. And it's frustrating that they can't just get up and walk out to the car on a whim. They can't just do anything on a whim. Everything is so scheduled. Everything revolves around her brother. And she is very, very frustrated by it. She's trying to form new friendships. Um, a new neighbor moves in that and she's always wanted a best friend that lives next door. And then here comes her brother with everything. And the, you know, a lot of people in the neighborhood have known David his whole life. So they know he's autistic, but here's a new friend who doesn't know. And she kind of doesn't want her to know. She wants to keep, she wants a part of her life that's separate from her life with David and trying to manage that is more than her 12 year old self can manage. Yeah. It is such a good story. It's such a good look into, yes, it can be frustrating. The grace we show one another, um, the kindness, the acceptance, the, all of it. That's awesome. It's just so, it's so good. You will love it. Your kids will love it. That's so fun. That's not, I have not read that one. I've got it on my list now. When I read books with my kids, I have them rate it. And, okay. And it goes on Goodreads. I add it because I read it too, but I let them do the rating and they rated this one five stars. Awesome. So this one was a great one. And like I said, still conversations we have That's today, awesome. two years later. Very cool. Okay. Um, the first book I wanted to talk about is called Out of My Mind by Sharon M. Draper. Love. I love this book. So we actually love, love it. I agree. discovered this book because it was on the list of of books to read for Battle of the Books that our school did. I loved Battle of the Books. I love it so much. Listeners, check into your schools and see if they do Battle of the Books. It is an amazing program. It's It's a nationwide program. They put out a list of books every year. Your kids get into teams and they read the books. And then they have like a competition where they answer questions about the book and they have to state the title and author. It's so fun. It is so fun. So, so fun. I love that. So I, that was why, you know, my son was participating in Battle of the Books and he had a list that he needed to read. And I thought, well, we can help him get through his books. We'll Mm -hmm. read one of them out loud. Awesome. And so we all read it and I loved it so much. I gave it five stars and I'm sure all the kids, because the kids just, it brought up so many questions like, so many conversation points. This is, I mean, I know you mentioned yeah. that, but it is such a big part of why I love to read out loud because mm-hmm. it brings up questions like in the middle of the story, we'll stop and we'll talk about something and then we move on. But mm-hmm. so this, the premise of this story is about a girl who is in sixth or seventh grade and mm-hmm. she has Bell's palsy or not Bell's palsy, cerebral palsy. Uh-huh. 
And so she can't walk or talk. And when she's young, her family doesn't realize how smart she is. But she has a photographic memory. Mm -hmm. And so she is super duper smart. And a neighbor babysits her during the day and and realizes that she's trying There's to communicate. more there than what they've been able to see before. Yes. Yes. And finds a way to help her communicate and gets her this computer. And she all of a sudden is this whole new person with the ability to express the things that she's thinking. And so she she tries out and for this like school academic team where they answer questions and they want to enter a contest and it's this whole thing and you watch her experience as she is on this team and the expectations of her peers and even her teachers don't have super high expectations for her and how she kind of is able to blow everyone away. Right. Um, because she's being judged by her appearance rather than by her brain. Right. And when she has no way to communicate, of right? course, nobody knows what's going on in there. I yeah. loved like the frustration of the parents. Like here is yes. their daughter that they just want to be. They want to give like her the everyone world. else. Yes. And everyone's like the doctors at the beginning are just saying, Sorry. There's nothing, you know, nothing there. Yeah, she's, Keep a, her safe she's and, a vegetable kind yeah. of a oh, thing. It's heartbreaking. It really is. But she is so incredibly smart. And so you hear, and it's from her point of view. Yes. So you hear her brain, like, these are all the things she's thinking, but she can't say it but to anyone. But nobody knows this is what's going on inside. Yeah. Can you even imagine how frustrating? No. And the way that it so is written, it's so sweet. It's yes. really good. It had a... It had so many important things for me to talk about with my kids mm -hmm. that made them think about the people that we might see on the street with disabilities that yeah. they're thinking one thing, but now they think another. Right. Right. Now they're not assuming it's changed one thing. their viewpoint. Yes. It's so it. good. Anyway, I really highly recommend it. Out of My Mind by Sharon awesome. M. Draper. Okay, my next one is The Giver by Lois Lowry. Okay. And I know this is a super popular book. I've never read it, actually. Okay. Even me. Real okay. I think it's been rated like a gazillion times. But like um, over a million, almost two million ratings. Isn't it something that you read in school, too? It. I read it for, I took a children's literature class in college, and that's when I read it. Almost two million ratings, and I've never yeah. read this book. Yeah. Go read The Giver. Read it with your kids. I've seen the movie. Oh, have you seen the movie? Uh, Mike, we, after we read it, we watched the movie and we enjoyed it, but the book is so much better. Okay. So much better. Okay. You have to read the book. I'm going to do that with my kids. So, but, so I read it before I had kids, loved it. It's great. Um, and then I read it with my kids. And what I didn't know when I very first read it is that it's a series. What? And so I read the whole series with my kids. So it has The Givers, the first one, and then Gathering Blue, Messenger, and Sun. Wow. Are um, other books in the series. So we read all of them, and my kids really liked all of them. And it's fun to see it's the little connections between the two. It's not, it's definitely not the same character. You're not following the same character, but. Okay. Pieces that ties it all together. Uh-huh. And it's 
we loved it. So The Giver, if you don't know, it's kind of a utopian society mm-hmm. where it's everything is um, made so that you don't feel hurt. There's not sadness. So choice, personal choice is taken away. Okay. So these people live in this community that is just pristine and beautiful. There are rules for every little thing and you just follow the rules. And what could possibly go wrong, right? Because right. they've worked so hard on making everything right and peaceful. And it's not until Jonas is the main character when they turn, I think it's 12, they're given their job. So they've gone through school and each year it's all set up. When you're this year, you do this. When you're a second year, you do this. And when you're a 12 year, the year before you've worked in all these different areas of the community to see where a good fit would for you would be and to see what you enjoy. And then when you're 12, um, every year, Every year they have this big gathering where they present you to the next level and when and give you whatever that level entitles. Like one year you get a bicycle and one year you wear these outfits. And until this year, the girls wear bows in their hair. But then this year they don't like everything and what they do in school that year. Um, When you're 12, you're given your job. Oh, and then you're trained after that. And so everything seems perfect to Jonas until he's 12 and he's given... um, a job and the job is receiver of memory and the whole crowd just kind of hushes like there is only one person who does this job. And they knew that one person who does receiver of memories was really old at this point and that a new one was going to be coming, but everyone is just shocked that it's this year and it it's Jonas and he's not even sure what this job entails. Nobody really is. Sure. And it's not until he starts training with the receiver of memories and he starts seeing all the memories that he starts learning the things that um, aren't as perfect as he thought. The other side of taking away choice. And he starts seeing all of the hurt and it's it's hard and the truth. And um, I think it's a, such a good, my kids were just like, oh, yeah, I, it, a lot of questions, a lot of good discussions. Uh, the Giver, five stars. Amazing. Hands down. Um, we really enjoyed the whole series, though. I'm, I'm looking forward. I don't know why that one never crossed my mind to read with them, read. but I can see how that would be such a great one to read with my kids. My kids really like the utopian stories, like alternative communities and why that would work and why it wouldn't and just discussing with them like why why we have rules and the importance of rules but then also the importance of having um the freedom to choose right that we have freedoms and the balance between the two so it that's awesome a great story we've loved it we loved it okay my next Next. one is tuesdays at the castle um, by Jessica Day George. So these are like younger juvenile. This is a younger juvenile fiction. Okay. Um, read this one out loud. I haven't read it this is one. super fun. It's about um, it's about this castle that grows and moves and changes. So maybe you can find your way through one day. Okay. But the next day, it's not the same, and so it's hard to find your room. It's hard to find this, and you know it might grow a wing overnight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's this whole new section of castle. It's like alive. It's so fun. And it's there's the royal family that lives in this castle. 
Um, you learn about their family and things that are happening. And hmm. the mother and father leave the castle to go and visit their oldest son who was away at school. Okay. And while they are gone, supposedly, well, they're attacked and they believe that they've been killed. Mm-hmm. The mother and father and older brother. And so now they're the three younger siblings who are young are trying to hold down like the kingdom um, while the advisors and other influences like other surrounding mm-hmm. countries are also trying to maybe take over power and are trying to bully their way in because now the sitting king is quite young. And so it's how the castle helps them oh. maintain their power amidst all of these other things that yeah. are happening. And specifically, the youngest girl knows the castle the best, and she's like friends with the castle. And he, the castle, I mean, I'm calling Friends the with he, the castle, well, he, wow. She That's talks a- to the castle, although the castle does not talk back, but she'll be like, I need somewhere to hide. And then the castle gives her somewhere to hide. To hide. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, it's interactive. Great. It's so cool. And it's super fun. It's, it kind of is how kids are stronger than we give them credit for and mm-hmm. maybe know a little bit more than we do, you know, because they're more open to mysterious things, mm-hmm. right? And um, we as adults want to reason our way out of certain things that maybe we can't explain. And kids just are accepting. And because they are accepting, maybe they get more unreasonable things Right. In their lives, which are fun and magical. And um, and it's a super cute story. There's, it's a series. And I don't know, there's like five. And it's super fun. Wow. Super five? Super cute. Yeah. It's really fun. My kids have all, are like, but each one is resolved, right? So it's yeah. Tuesdays at the castle. And then there's... Um, Holidays at the castle, and Wednesdays at the castle, and Thursdays at the castle, and Fridays at the and castle. And who's the author again? Jessica Day George. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds it's fun. A, it's a really cute series. Cool. My kids loved it. All right. Uh, my next one is Bud, not Buddy, by Christopher Paul Curtis. Literally, the title is Bud, not Buddy. Bud, not Buddy. Okay. Yep. Um, this... Uh, it's an older, an older book. Um, it is also uh, award winning. It is a Newbery Award. It got a Newbery Award medal. I don't know if that's an honor or if it got the medal or not, but it is. It's so good. It's about this boy named Bud. It's not Buddy. It's <laughs> Bud. Because his mom named him after like a flower bud, like he's going to blossom. And so it's not Buddy, it's Bud. And he tells people that. So it starts out, this takes place in like 1936-ish, 19, yep, 1936 in Flint, Michigan. So it's, it's historical fiction. It's right after the Great Depression is just, they're just coming out of the Great Depression. So things are still pretty rough. Wow. And he has lived with his mom. He only knew his mom. And she's just passed, she's passed away. And so he's 
grieving, mourning her, and he's been in some foster homes, and they haven't been great. Some have been better, but not great. And he's tried to run away and escape and been sent back, and he is on the run again. And it, it kind of tells you some of the stories in some of these homes, and they're not great. The poor kid yeah. is just, I mean, a little kid shouldn't have to, he's nine, ten, shouldn't have to deal with things like this. Right. Um, but he's found that he can go and get breakfast at the food kitchens. And, um, but you have to be with a mom or dad. You can't just be a little boy. He's on his own and he doesn't oh. want to get turned in. So he gets in these lines and the lines are hours long. You have to get there early. Oh my gosh. And um he'll he'll get in line and a lot of needy people. Yes. It, it is a hard time, especially in this city, Flint. And so he'll get in with a family and just be like, Let me pretend, you know, to be with your family and they wait for hours. And if you get there too late, they only serve to a certain time and then you don't have enough. It's over and you don't have enough. You don't get breakfast oh, that you day. Don't eat. Oh. So he's figured out all these little systems that he can go. He can go and sleep here. He can hang out here all day. And then you got to get to the soup kitchen or the whatever at this time. And he has a few belongings and a suitcase. He has a picture of his mom and he has a, a flyer for a band. And so his little brain puts together that this must be his dad, this flyer. If, if it was special enough for his mom to keep, then this must be a special person to him and it must be his dad and he's got to go find this person. So he kind of goes out on this trek to get back to where this band is and to find his dad. He's sure this is his dad. And so this whole journey, he's going along the roads and trying to stay hidden off the side of the road so he doesn't get turned in or the police don't find him and send him back to these homes. Yeah. And um, how to trust people who you should trust along the way for help and who you should stay far away from. And he's going through, like, there's all these Hooverville camps. So because um, President Hoover was the president of the time of the Great Depression, these camps of homelessness, people who would just, they've lost their homes, they have no place to live. They just kind of get together and they build these shanty. It's like a shanty town. These little, oh. they living out of a tent or they build a tent around the back of or their like car that no lover runs or yeah, lean-tos. Yeah. And they live together in these camps and they're called Hooverville or Hoover camps. Wow. And so he goes, you know, he's going along and he's seeing these and he's like, well, maybe I could stay here, but no, I got to go find my dad. It, it, he's such a sweet little boy, sweet journey. Really fun, funny at times, sad at times. We loved it. We gave this one four stars. It's That's a awesome. it's a great story that teaches really about the great a little bit about the Great right. Depression and how hard things were. Humble, humble living, and a boy who is determined to find where he belongs. That sounds really good. It's a good one. My kids enjoyed it. Awesome. Okay, well, the last one I'm going to talk about. One more? Yeah. Um, is The Girl Who Could Fly by Victoria Forrester. I don't know this one. It's so good. I haven't heard of it. It's super cute. I think I got it at like a book fair. I was like, oh, this looks good and just bought it. Yeah. I and love a good book fair. Right. Me too. And it turned out to be just a big hit with my kids. So the the girl who could fly is about a girl named Piper McLeod who can fly. Cute name. Right? I like that. And she lives in like 
a really small town in the Midwest, like Oklahoma or something, on a farm with her older parents. Her parents are older, and she helps them with the farm, and she flies all around, and she's quite happy in her little life. But the downside of this is that the people in the town, it's a small town, they are afraid of Piper. She's just different and weird, and and they so they treat her other. Okay. And um, so they have like a, every summer they have their town days, you know, like a fair and they celebrate the town days and they go um, and have all the events and festivities that you would imagine. And one thing leads to another and they see her fly and word gets out that she flew and it's weird. And so she wakes up the next morning and there's reporters all over and they want to enter, you know, and it's oh, all of a sudden, good. yeah, all of a sudden it's, um, she's not sure how to handle this, these situations. And mm-hmm. she gets invited to go to a school for exceptional children. And so she goes and realizes while well, meets other children like her and other things and it's far away and she doesn't even know how she got there or how she'd ever get home mm-hmm. but she is cut off communication from her parents and slowly realizes that maybe this isn't what it seems yeah and this school maybe isn't going to help her but hurt her and so how can she get out she's got to escape yeah Anyway, but she can fly. She can fly, which is exceptional. Mm. So it's really fun. And she That's meets fun. this really cute cast of friends that all have their own unique and special qualities. Fun. And they work together to yeah. find their way out. Ooh, I love the idea. I know. It's super fun. And they should make that into a movie. They totally should. It would be a great movie. It's called it's actually another one that's in a series. Oh. I think there's three. So there's the boy who could fly, the or the girl who could fly, the boy who knew who knows everything, and the girl who fell out of the sky. Ooh, those sound great. Yeah. My read aloud list is growing. I know. Which we don't uh, usually go there here. I know. That's just kind of one I have a running list of on the side. Me too. But this is so fun. This I know. Is great. Now I'm like, shoot, we need to read faster. <laughs> right my read alouds we take forever i know like you're slow too. i might read 150 books this year myself but reading with my kids it's like less than 10 a year oh yeah me me too yeah. for sure like maybe even five or i was six. just gonna say maybe five or six yeah um, it takes us a long time it takes us longer because we're just reading at night and i might read a chapter a chapter yeah. I, that's usually one chapter is usually it's what like we do. if we can get started earlier then i'll read two but it's late yeah. and we need to I'm sleep tired. and that's important yeah. too. So yeah, yeah, we're a little bit slower. Yeah. Let's do this again because I, love- I have more. Absolutely. We should do this again. Yeah. Um, I have more to talk about. I'm always reading with my kids. And totally. please let us know if you've read something with your kids that we should read with us. Please. please we would love your recommendations. For sure. I, I, I love- have always looking for a good book and because i read so few with my kids each year it's important that we pick good ones really good yes it's hard to take a risk on a new book that like i'm unsure about yes so i'd really love a a well-recommended book. they are definitely more uh researched 
and thoughtful than books I just choose for myself. Yeah, because I go sure. through them pretty quick. And these I want my kids to have. Yeah. So find us on Instagram or Facebook. Like, leave comments, send us a message. We'd love to hear. Yes, your email thoughts. us at this is your book club podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And we will see you next week. We're back yeah. to what's on your shelf. Yep. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your, your book club. club.